in relation to soul loss, you know, you, you can always go through shamanic rituals to address soul loss, right? But the other thing is that there are many ways to, to heal yourself. Right. And so, yes, mm -hmm. there's, there's the whole shamanic ceremony of soul retrieval that is one way in. But at the same time, things like you know, psychotherapy, lifestyle changes, dealing with all these things and even um, and even conventional Western culture type ways uh, has that effect as well, because you're just you know, you're healing your soul, healing your psyche and, and making things prepared for for regaining your whole self. This is unconditioning. Discovering the Voice Within, with Whitney Ann Jenkins. Hello and welcome to the 40th episode of Unconditioning, Discovering the Voice Within, where I bring on guests and we talk about the inner authentic voice and the challenges and the rewards that come from following it. This week I have with me Laova and Eric Lingen, and I had the pleasure of being a guest on their podcast, the Spirit World Center podcast, a couple of months ago, where we talked about my personal experiences with the paranormal and the mystical. And so I'm really excited to turn the tables and to have them as guests on my show. Eric and Laova are shamans, and they supply their own unique skills to the Spirit World Center which is a center that they've developed to help others learn about shamanism and give them the tools that they need to navigate their spiritual journey that sometimes gets a little confusing and daunting. Laova is a gifted channel and intuitive who brings her first-hand experience and insight, and she has a deeply creative background. She is also a metaphysical artist. She helps people on their spiritual path with shamanic techniques and wisdom, and she teaches with a deep level of devotion to helping others connect with their spiritual depths. And Eric, her partner, has spent a lifetime in shamanism, the esoteric and the occult. He has a broad theoretical and practical knowledge of various spiritual systems and provides his services as something of a spiritual jack-of-all-trades. So I had a really great time talking to these two. They have so much to share about their own experiences and the wisdom and knowledge that they gained from them. And they're really on a mission to help others in this life. So here we are with Eric and Laova. And pronounce your name Laova? Yeah, that's perfect. You're great at this. <laughs> Most people, they say Laova. Well, don't say that. Now she's going to just think. No, 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 no. It's going to be in her brain. Now it's going to be in my brain. Laova. Laova. Yeah, that's perfect. I love how you look at this guy when you say it. <laughs> Laova. What, what does it mean? What does your name mean? Uh, well, actually, there's a story behind it. Um, I don't know the meaning of it, but it's a, a spirit I work with, actually. And uh, it's, a, uh, it's a shamanic woman. And or meeting with her and learning from that spirit really changed my life. And so I just kind of, to follow the same path, I choose that name because okay. it really resonates with all the, well, the, the value I have. Yeah. yeah. Life. Amazing. Okay, perfect. So one of the first questions that I like to ask my guests is, when was the first time that you realized that you had an inner voice of your own? and it wasn't influenced by your family or your environment 
or anything else, but you knew that it was like purely you and and no one had an influence over it. And you both can answer this question. Okay. Well, you have the more interesting one. <laughs> That's not true. When is it the first time for you? Well, the first time for me really occurred when I was working in Toronto. I was maybe 23, 24. I was in a industry in a career that like all my friends from my masters were jealous of me you know they were like okay you've you've made it officially and i was basically working in lobbying for the financial industry specifically for for insurance and um basically i was kind of working on the policy side where we you know basically come up with the things that we would want to lobby for all this kind of thing and I just started to realize that there was the path that I had been walking for a considerable length of time, going to school for it, doing postgraduate studies for it and all this, um, specifically in policy studies. And I, I realized how, for me, how empty it was, how, you know, maybe for others, it, it's a good fit, but for me, it was soul crushing. And Ultimately, I was ending up um, doing something that in shamanism, we, we call it uh, soul loss. Basically, if you're doing something that uh, is so utterly anathema to your core spiritual being, that first off, you start experiencing something called power loss, where you literally start like leaking life force. And then you can end up actually you know, losing pieces of your consciousness. And I was definitely experiencing that, you know, I felt like I was selling my soul to, to work in this industry. And ultimately that led me to find another path, which was, you know, deep within me. And that, that had been there for a long time, right? I had been into uh, spirituality since I was like 12 years old, really. And it, it had always been in the background. Um, you know, from 12 to 18, I had been constantly studying it. And then, you know, 18, I got distracted by life, you know, I wanted a big <laughs> career and all that. And, um, and, but then it came back to me, right? It came back to me, this, uh, this guiding light of, of finding this, this higher spiritual part of reality. And so I actually was led by synchronicity, by synchronicities at that point to, basically ultimately say, okay, you know what? I have to take a huge chance here. You know, I can play it safe and I can spend the rest of this year of my life in this career that I ultimately, you know, really don't like, uh, but I, I'm good at it and I can, you know, eventually I can see myself being my boss's boss's boss, <laughs> right? But um, I, uh, I had to look at it and say, I got to take a big chance here and just set out and have no guarantees of success and just walk out there and see where it goes and ultimately for me it was a, a huge synchronicity that gave me the uh, the courage to walk away from everything and and that was you know i was i was looking at other careers to pursue and i was looking at uh, kindle right at kindle <laughs> writing this was this was back when everyone was like oh you can you can be self-employed writing kindle books for amazon <laughs> and uh so i was like okay maybe i can do that maybe i can like you know write on spirituality and that kind of thing and there was this one book that um you know, I was thinking, okay, maybe I can kind of fictional, fictionalize 
spirituality, write a novel about it. And there was this one book that was just this perfect example of what I wanted to do. Not a very common book at all. And it, uh, unfortunately, I had given away my copy uh, to someone a number of years before. And I was thinking, ah, oh, nuts, you know, I wish I still had that book. I could be inspired to how I want to approach this. And I, at the time, I was living right in downtown Toronto. And there was this bookstore at the, literally at the corner of um, like a block away from where I lived. And so every day when I get off the subway, I'd uh, walk past this little bookstore and uh, get to my house. Well, then literally like two days later, I'm walking home. I'm get off the, the subway, walking past this bookstore. And they used to have you know, these, uh, these rows of paperback books, right? Kind of uh, all in a row uh, in, a, in a cardboard box. And the way they were arranged, you know, you'd have like 12 rows, but you can only see the book at the very front, right? You used to have all these other ones, but they're you know, blocked by the book in front of it. So 12 books you know, to sample from. And I'm just walking by, I'm not even really looking. I peer over, there's the exact book that I was thinking about <laughs> two days earlier. And like, this is a not a common book. It's, it's not something I would have ever expected to even find in the bookstore, not to mention just kind of thrown in the path of my consciousness there. And so I was just like, okay, that's a sign. I instantly went and bought it. And I was like, you know what? When the universe is telling you something, it's telling you something. And that actually was a huge driver in just giving me the, the gumption, the courage to just say, whatever, I'm walking away from everything and let wherever I go, I'm sure the universe will provide. And so that's when I really started following my inner voice and my inner compass, my inner path, because it was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm, just going to go with uh, with what feels right and follow that intuition. Yeah. Does, so finding that book was sort of the catapult to finding that path, would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my, my sense is that the universe throws you these synchronicities to give you signs as to where to walk and, and also gives you signs to tell you that you're, you're on the right path, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this... Yeah. This, uh, this synchronicity happened when I was thinking about alternatives to what I was doing. And so it's kind of like the universe saying, yeah, that's a good alternative. Try it out, you know? And it, I never ended up writing Kindle books. You know, I never ended yeah. up doing exactly that. Um, and I don't feel like the universe was telling me, you know, you should write Kindle books, but it was saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Continue down this train of thought. Something mm -hmm. will come, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah. So I want to go back to when you were 12 for a minute, because you said that you started exploring spirituality then. So was there something at that age that prompted you to do that? Absolutely. Yes. I, I went on a, um, on a vacation to the UK with my family when I was 12. And the very last day, we went to all the uh, a lot of the stone circles and other uh, spiritual sites in, in, in England, um, specifically, you know, places like uh, Averbury and Stonehenge and, and Glastonbury, Glastonbury Tor, the Chalice Wells. And I was just absolutely transfixed by this, the these remnants of this old tradition, right, these these ancient relics. And I was it just left me thinking, like, what what's going on there, you know, and I was just 
absolutely enraptured by it. And so when I got back to, to Canada, I was this 12 year old kid who was constantly going to, you know, the local chapters or the local bookstore <laughs> and hanging out in the new age section. And uh, I just, you know, just fell down the rabbit hole. I started off with things like Druidry and, uh, and Celtic shamanism, that type of thing that ended up, you know, going into more into uh, shamanism, as well as things like uh, Wicca, paganism, just I was all over the place, right. But it was all this kind of ancient traditions and looking at these these um, parts of uh, of human experience that are very ancient and that can still yeah. be connected with. Okay, so so when you were working that job as a lobbyist, and you mentioned that you were having soul loss, were you able to connect it back to the shamanism at that point and and understand what was happening to you because of all of your experience? I got very lucky with that in that I did not experience significant soul loss. I would say that what I experienced in Toronto was more the power loss aspect of it. You know, I just a complete loss of any sense of meaning in life, a loss of drive, um, a inner sadness that you don't know, have any idea where it's coming from. And, and just, you know, low in, in like actual energy levels as well. Um, I definitely was experiencing that. So when I got out of Toronto, that came back to me, right? And the soul loss aspect, there was a little bit of soul loss. It was not enough to be noticeable. And I didn't actually notice that until I started getting into more intensive practices actually with Laova here. Um, and uh, it, it kind of, it was, it was not serious enough. It wasn't serious enough that it was causing a problem but it was just kind of there in the background. It was like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, you're missing this. Okay, well, let's let's fix it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's the feeling of having a void inside of you. Like there's something different about yeah. you. Like there's something missing. It's just mm -hmm. like you're not the same person. And so sometimes the, the, the soul can come back if you change your life and it feels safe to come back to you again. And so it can come back organically if you just change and listen to yourself more, right? And so this is what happened to Eric. He was not aware of this soul loss, but when he distanced himself from his uh, lifestyle mm -hmm. of the, the city and went in the wood and studied spirituality, then they realized, oh, I feel like something is back. I feel whole again. There's, you know, there's not anything missing anymore. Yeah. I have my energy and... I feel happy again and this is when you know like oh like something is back home you know mm, like part yeah. of me is home now mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah that's a very distinct feeling yes that you can only know when you get there I think yes <laughs> yeah it, it's one of these things where within shamanism in relation to soul loss you know you you can always go through shamanic rituals to address soul loss right but the other thing is that there are many ways to to heal yourself Right. And so, yes, mm -hmm. there's, there's the whole shamanic ceremony of soul retrieval that is one way in. But at the same time, things like you know, psychotherapy, lifestyle changes, dealing with all these things and even um, and even conventional Western culture type ways uh, has that effect as well, because you're just you know, you're healing your soul, healing your psyche and, and making things prepared for for regaining your whole self. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll take a, a moment to pause there on your story, and we'll bring Laova in. So let's 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 get to the beginning of you and your story and how you found your voice. All right. Oh, I found my voice. Um, I think it's kind of a collage of different um, time in my life that makes a whole, and it's um, 
you know, when I was young, I always loved art. I was drawing and painting all the time and I was very, very creative. I kind of lost touch uh, with that creative part of me when I was around 15. Um, and uh, I started being more, um, I had a kind of a depression going on with what's going on in my life. I had to change school. My sister mm -hmm. was leaving and so on. And it was, and um, same with the spirits, you know, I live, I was raised in a haunted house. It was a 130 years old house. Oh, wow. It was uh, plenty of, uh, <laughs> of life. <laughs> and my sister and I, we were very sensitive to them. Uh, I was feeling them and hearing them, but I was not seeing them. My sister was seeing them. And uh, um, then my, my mother would say, just pray to God you know we were very Christian and she's like just pray to God everything will be fine and that's it right we were not questioning it so we would just pray and everything was fine it's true you know it was calm after that uh, but it would come back and I would just continue and then we just lost touch with that again because you know after teenage years you're less sensitive somehow mm -hmm. I don't know for most people and um, then you know I finished high school uh, went to college and during that time I had a boyfriend it was a very uh, toxic relationship very abusive and I lost myself in it you know mm -hmm. I had a lot of soul loss in that one <laughs> I yeah. can tell um, but I've learned a lot about myself too I finished by leaving and this is when I knew that I had to choose myself uh, I left that relationship after four years I've been patient um and then i said no it is my time to do what i need to do for myself and i went back to school because i left school and so i went back to university decide to study art uh seriously and even when i was studying art i was feeling there was something missing i was very attracted by art therapy I wanted to help people because after all I lived for four years I like I want to do something meaningful with art everything is meaningful with art don't wrong me but I wanted to kind of help in um in a more healing way mm -hmm. yeah. directly right not not just with the with the art itself the creation yeah and intentionally yes. yeah <laughs> yes yes totally and um so I was there, you know, doing my art and thinking of doing art therapy. And as I was doing my art program, I was also starting to do more meditation, uh, more work on myself, personal growth work. And um, I started to have spirit contact again. I didn't know what to do with that. I had a lot of paranormal things, stuff going on. And I was like, what do I do with that? And so... In the same day, I asked two different friends, do you know a medium? Because I need to do something <laughs> about my life. There's spirits going on. And both of them, they say, I don't know a medium, but I know a shaman. I'm like, what is a shaman? I didn't even know about shamanism at all. And they both refer me different person. I decided to go with one. And this lady, this lady, she, um, I have no words, you know, she's so powerful. In 10 minutes, she was able to uh, predict like the next six months of my life. Oh, wow. She, 
she didn't know me. She, she, I sit in front of her. She closed her eyes. I said, I have to talk to my spirit guide. I'm like, okay, I let her go. And she come back and she says, I see, it was like uh, in June. And she said, I see that you will have a very difficult fall, like autumn, you know? And mm. um, then she's like, I see you working with children. And she said, you're overdue to work with the spirit. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> she was someone, you know? And anyway, so she introduced me to Shaman and Sima. I saw during summertime mostly. And then fall arrived. My apartment went on fire. Uh, I had to move four times because not only my apartment went on fire, but it was on the weekend that we had five tornadoes. We never have tornadoes in Canada. Yeah. Like do it like never. We had five of them in the same weekend. There was everyone was looking for a new place. Everyone. And my apartment didn't went on fire because of the tornado. It was an incident. Someone uh, fell asleep with a candle and it fell on the bed and everything went in fire. So, um, and, and then uh, I was working as um, a, an artist and I had five contracts with like the city art center, um, a private school of art and also teaching art uh, for the city in the weekend. And so I had like tons of contract going on for teaching for the children. And then- uh, Which you never had before. No, no, that, I was that, not. That was, thing, <laughs> that right? was just- You've I never was... worked with kids in your life. <laughs> and then she says, oh, I see you working with children. <laughs> and then suddenly you have so many, you know, and art teaching to kids. Everything contracts. just- was aligned because I was in an art exhibition and the, the girl, the other artist beside me, she was like, oh yeah, I'm working for the city during weekend. It's good paying. I'm like, oh, they are they looking for someone? She gave me the email. She write to me, yeah, someone is leaving. We need someone to replace. Can you come in quick? And it was just like <laughs> this unfolding thing. Just, and I'm like, wow, wow. And then, you know, just my life, I continue to have like weird thing happening to me. Um, then unfortunately, like my grandmother died, it's, it's, or death made me reflect on perspective on life, you know, mm -hmm. like, okay, grandma, like you're not there anymore. What does it mean? You know, my life. And I was in a relationship. This brought me to leave the relationship and start to really work with shamanism. Like take it seriously, you know, <laughs> I'm like, this is. I mean, there's something there I was remember. I'm like, this woman, this shamanic lady, she knew my life in 10 minutes. I'm like, how she does that? And how helpful it is, you know, to just be able to help people like that. Mm. And so this is when I decide I want to mix shamanism with, uh, with art, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. One thing you might be noticing here too is that you know for both of us, our our inner voice, our our path, we very much feel that we we found it and we are walking it every day in terms of practicing and spreading techniques of shamanism and helping people get in contact with the spirit world, helping them uh, work on that facet of reality and, and giving them those skills to for them to get guidance and to to work with spirits um, that you know, our 
our daily work life and our, you know, our, our true, true will in this life really are, are We've the together. same. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. it's yeah. for me, at least there's no separation between my creative pursuits, my hobbies, my life mission and my work. Right. That's and, just all the same. And, uh, and so it's a very, it's a very wonderful thing to find. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, this is something that that shamanism does offer because it, you know, you can meet with your guides and uh, and find out, you know, what your purpose is, what it's, your what your path truly is. Yeah, it's ultimately to discover yourself, who you truly are, at your core. You know, taking away all the layers, making the difference between what comes from you and what comes from others. Yeah. and really be in touch with your intuition it's a heart-based communication and what i found wonderful is that when you talk with spirits and you're not trusting yourself they will find ways to trust you and you will feel their trust and eventually you'll trust yourself because they trust you <laughs> and it's just like it's a beautiful teaching yes yes so so how did you two find each other Online dating. Yes. <laughs> it sometimes works. Plenty of fish. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a funny story. It's, you know, uh, I wanted to find more spiritual friend because as I, you know, go on the path, I realized that uh, my I have to, you know, discover new people that are aligned with spirituality. Um, and so I went on plenty of fish because they had a a uh, friend section i was not naive I, i'm not you know i've been in like two relationships uh, before eric and so i never go on dating online things and so i just saw a friend section so i'm like okay so i write in my profile carefully i'm looking for friend something platonic i am someone in spirituality uh and i wrote in my in my um tagline no small talk now for me, it means like I want elaborate, mature discourse. Now, let me tell you, like the men, they don't understand it that way. No, no. No small talk is like right to the point. <laughs> what you going to do tonight? What you're wearing? Uh... No small talk. Get right to the <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we don't. We just, I, we, we're just not on the same page for that one. I learned my lesson. But I was like so exasperated. I, I wanted to delete my account to say night because that was the only thing I was receiving was this kind of topic and Within i like an hour of creating your account <laughs> yeah. you wanted to leave it right? i'm like oh i know it's the wrong site i found out i found another uh application for those looking for friend called meetup you know where yeah. it's really about friends it's not like yes. <laughs> a dating site well i learned my lesson very quickly you know but you can't delete your account they say you have to wait 24 hours before you can delete your plenty of fish account. Oh no. <laughs> and I'm like, are you kidding me? I have to wait until tomorrow. <laughs> so, and within an hour of trying to delete my account, uh, Eric wrote to me very kindly. And if I was like, ah, oh, finally someone that is, you know, kind of interesting and, and not uh, being, well, not doing the small talk the way I thought they, that they were doing it. <laughs> so, yeah, and it was very refreshing. Uh, we had an instant connection, I would say. Uh, it took like maybe, what, a, three weeks. We decided to to meet. We, we 
at the time we were living uh, far from each other, you know. Um, I was in Ontario. I'm here now in Ontario too, but I used to live in Quebec. So. Mm-hmm. About, about two, hour, two and a half hours. Yeah, that was okay. big. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that means that the spirit is working in all of the modern technology too. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, Absolutely. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a funny one. Yeah, it's very much an instant connection, definitely. Yeah, you were... yeah everything unfolded very fast after that. Yeah. You know, we were together for a month. We were already talking about business ideas together. And uh, um, Eric was already helping me with my art career at the time. Um, and then, I mean, in, in three months, we were already starting uh, to to explore like the idea of having the center together and to, you know, teach what we know because we're really complementary. You know, yes, I'll like all these kind of, um, uh, how do you call that? I'd say the, the book learning, the He's the a walking library. Of of, like, yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing. I had studied all this stuff for so long, had the, gotten the huge library together and all that. And it was just, um, you know, I was studying it from a theoretical lens, right? And very, very left brain kind mm-hmm. of approach yeah. and Laova she's had all the actual paranormal yeah. experiences and spirit contact and everything so all the intuitive right side creative artist artsy stuff yes I'm, I'm a little <laughs> practical you know yeah. getting into the mud and I like, I like yeah. it like the tangible the tangible yes. stuff yeah yes okay so what exactly do you do at your center and what do you share with people it's really about how to connect with the spirit world in a um, in a beneficial way, right? And we teach that through a number of different modalities, right? Um, the the most prominent one, of course, being shamanism, and uh, but it, we very much have the um, have the philosophy that you know everyone is different. Right. Yeah. Everyone needs their own way in. And so shamanism is is useful for some people, but kind of more of an intuitive approach or kind of a ceremonial approach is necessary for others. Right. Yeah. So this is why we have like in shamanism, what we uh, teach is uh, the technical shamanic journeying that maybe other pe- person are more used to hear soul flight or astral projection as well. And so this is um, shamanic journeying is when you go into a trance, an alternate alternate state of con- I always altered butcher state of that word. Yeah. Can you say it again, sorry? Uh, altered state of uh, consciousness. Thank yeah. That. And so you enter this altered consciousness and um, it doesn't mean you're not like hypnotized, you know, you're not like, woo, and you don't you have no control no it's just a just a shift in your uh consciousness when you feel you're in the zone Mm -hmm. and you feel you in shamanism they call it hollowing the bone when you are kind of empty you know it's really like you can feel the deep connection with the source or the nature and you know the spirit world so when you are not in your head anymore but in your heart and when you feel and you're not thinking you know and you're so Mm -hmm. just you kind of you're sensing with your heart and um it's pretty much feel like a vivid dream where you are um 
it, you know when the ones when you are in control uh, of your of what you can do, but you're aware, you're dreaming, but at the same time, you are participating in an active way. You're not just passively living the dream. And so you get into that zone where this is possible and you connect with spirit guides where they are giving you um, knowledge, healing, um, divination, guidance, um, empowerment for you or for others. And then you just, you pretty much, it's shamanism is bringing back the wisdom and the love, the healing from the spirit world to um, our reality. And so you can help yourself and help others uh, in that way. And shamanic journeying is one of them, but um, we can talk about trans work in general. There's many, many ways to uh, get into that zone and connect with spirits and and get healing and wisdom and use it. So there's, you know, you can do um, body postures, a static dance, drumming, um, you know, uh, like lots of ceremonial fasting, approaches, yeah. so on. There's many, many ways to get there and to connect. But the main one that we are using at the center is shamanic drumming, uh, shamanic drumming, drumming and static dance and shamanic journey. And it really is about connection right it's about yeah. communication opening up these lines of communication with a side of reality that we are very normally cut off from right so it's, yeah you know these presences are around us you know this this idea of having guides a spiritual mm -hmm. guardian um a guardian spirit um and and you know, spirit guides and, and all these other kind of ancestral connections that are around you uh you know they're there it's just that we often don't open up to them, right? We don't uh, have awareness of them. And so shamanism is very much about opening up those lines of communication. Yeah, so you can, you know, find back your power, find back your soul loss, and also, you know, connect with your ancestor and, and see like any, you know, kind of ancestral healing to seeing like where, because, you know, it doesn't necessarily start with you when there's something in your life that doesn't work. And so you have to go, okay, it's in my ancestors and I'll, how does the pattern evolve into my life and how can I change it, shift it and help myself, help my descendant, uh, help my ancestors. So there's a lot, there's a lot of things that we're teaching. I mean, the main <laughs> core program, if you do the entire program, it's 18 months of learning. Uh, you don't have to do everything. I mean, there's people they like it's just the first uh, phase that I call that is six months and it's just learning about the spirit world, learning how to uh, work with your guides. And then we go into like deeper healing, like power loss and soul retrieval and ancestral healing. Yeah. Yeah. And learning how to deal with uh, also the negative side of the spirit yeah, world. Yeah, right? protection. Because the thing is that, you know, it's not all love and light, right? We are, exist in the presence of all these spiritual presences, but it's kind of like uh, being out in the forest, right? You have this spiritual ecosystem around and, you know, so in a physical ecosystem, you have the trees, you have the squirrels, you have the, the mushrooms and all this, uh, but then you also have parasites and predators. And, and so shamanism also can prepare you for dealing with those things. You know, these things aren't necessarily evil, but when you go out into the woods, you, you know, to bring some bug spray so they don't get covered in mosquitoes, right? Or, yes. you know, if you pick up a leech, uh, you know how to get it off of you. 
and and so there are kind of these parasitic things in the spiritual world uh such as attachments and and uh, and well energetic parasites and so it's about learning how to deal with that as well yeah. so there's, there's there's a whole lot going well, on yeah most often you know these parasitic things they are um unhealed ancestors so they're the one that have unresolved life that they uh, will attach to someone to try to uh, influence so they can resolve their their problem to someone else and uh, so and there's a lot of that because you know we don't prepare people to die anymore as much you know with yeah. like resolve life mm-hmm. and so this there's people that are just stuck in between, you know, in, in the in between the veils and uh, they yeah. can't uh, move forward. Yeah. Have either of you had a profound healing um, situation within shamanism that you would like to share? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So you go. Um, how about you go? Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So the one, the one that I can think of, the one that I can think of that kind of touches on just what we were just discussing, um, was early on in our relationship. Um, we were at uh, Saint Jacob's Market, which is this huge antiques uh, store or uh, market festival, I guess, up in uh, in Ontario, and. At that, something that we always teach our students is if you go to an antique store or a used bookstore or a used clothing store, anything like that, there can be a lot of uh, residual energy, residual consciousness on the items that you get. So always, you know, protect yourself before you go into such a place and then cleanse yourself and cleanse any items you get on the way out because it can wreak havoc on you, especially if you're spiritually sensitive. Well, this was still uh, early in our relationship, and you know we were still um, getting used to each other and getting used to really uh, walking the, the the shamanic path in such a really deep way. And so, when you're just kind of you have these concepts in your life, but you're not constantly on them, things can slip through. Yeah. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And and so um, I was you know walking around this antique store, and I picked up some kind of attachment and something really, really nasty. And there was a complete and utter personality change in myself. I just turned absolutely nasty. I was completely aggro and like just like very very angry about everything annoyed uh lashing out and uh you know we had two hour drive home i was just absolutely terrible on that i never knew him like that i was like what's wrong with you like you're not the guy i used to date what's what's Mm -hmm. happening and um and so you know we get back home and um gets our drum and she cleanses me and definitely something very nasty uh she had the the sense that it was uh this mass on my on my leg that was basically taking up resonance there and so she cleanses it with the power of the ancestors and all this and and sends it away and i i ended up uh, vomiting into a into a bucket and all that afterwards like i was definitely cleared of something very very dark and very nasty um, so it can you know these these spiritual things can definitely have a very direct effects on your consciousness and on your body and it feels really good to get rid of those things as well yeah i had the vision of a, a black mass uh going away from his leg and uh oh wow 
it was like that's the vision I had in, you know in my third eye and I'm like whoa and he, he instantly felt a shift um and uh, yeah it was different it was just so weird you know he was influenced by that thing and another good example of an attachment like that would be the one you got rid of from your heart right that was actually causing physiological issues yeah I'm all my life I was good with my heart and at some point I just always had this kind of chest pain um, that I never got before and I was very you know uh, um, how do you say in, in kit um, I was just out of breath but also like the, the, the heart there was actually pinches of pain right yeah and and so um I had this and it was making me worry about my condition mm. of heart and I even like you know did different tests at the hospital and they were like no everything is fine uh and so yeah, pretty much their words were you know it's whatever it is it's not your heart yeah and so I did a, a shamanic journey to see what it was and um it was pretty much a kind of a the vision I had was the kind of a warm inside the heart that took position in. My spirit was like taking it away, taking it away. And uh, they, they, you know, they did what they need to do to take care of, of, of it. And then I really felt good after that. So, um, and that's something that we see in, uh, in shamanism is what we call intrusion. It is when you feel a specific um, place in your body where it's hurt for no reason. You know, sometimes it's in the neck or, um, and it's usually when you are vulnerable uh, mm -hmm. or you have some power loss. So it's kind of make you weak in certain places. I know that for me, the heart uh, is more vulnerable because of my past uh, relationship, because I, I have a anxious uh, tendency, mm -hmm. tendency to be more anxious about the world around me. So and I usually feel here the tension. And so uh, I was not surprised as I had an, a, an, an attachment and an intrusion in my heart. And it's just then when you're aware of that, then you can, you know, just take the next step to just make sure it's clean and that it's safe and full of love it's it's curious because in, in shamanism one of the core concepts right is that there's this idea of soul loss yeah um but then that leads to certain issues of its own right yeah. so uh, if you have soul loss it's like it's like having a piece of paper right this is your consciousness that you came into this world with and you're tearing off a piece of that and that piece is going elsewhere and so now within your, you know, the map of your vessel, let's say you have a gap, you have an opening, a void, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and so this is why, of course, you know, soul retrieval is so important to get that piece of consciousness back. Um, and of course, traumatic things tend to cause that or uh, to, to cause the soul loss or also um, just living a life for prolonged periods that's not in uh, harmony with who you really are. But with that soul loss, it's kind of like having a building, right? And having a broken window in that home. Mm. And there's many beings who will walk, you know, spiritual beings that will walk by that broken window and they would never even imagine, you know, hopping in. Yeah. 
but then you can have a negative being who's like, oh, okay, broken window, I'm gonna jump on in. And so you can very much get these attachments where a either a negative energy or a negative entity has basically taken up residence. And, uh, and so of course, you know, you can go in for cleansing all you want. And, you know, when you cleanse that kind of situation, you basically are evicting that negative energy or entity, kicking it out. The problem is though, that that, uh, that window is still broken. Right. right. And so even after a cleansing, you know, you go to a shamanic practitioner once a week for a cleansing. Well, then you can, <laughs> something can jump right in right after. Usually there's, there's energetic things you can do, even with say, let's say Reiki, where you can cleanse and then create kind of an energetic wall. Right. But ultimately that is kind of like putting up, Bended. Uh, yeah, kind of like that, you know, when you have a broken window, you put up the plastic over it and that's kind of a, a stopgap mm -hmm. measure. Um, that of course is also temporary and and so you know soul loss really you know when that, with that broken window you really want to do uh either kind of soul recovery or the other option of course is you know healing through other means right through psychotherapy through uh, um, uh through so many other types of um of long-term uh, behavioral and psychological yeah because ultimately you know the the soul loss power loss is it's a um a ceremony to bring back what what belongs to you what you lost and then there is a long part of it that yes there's you do that but then there's what we call integration yeah. and this part is usually can be done in many many ways so uh it's just to make sure pretty much that what you, what came back to you 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 know you integrate it you make it yours you make sure that it stays and that it doesn't go away again so you don't lose your power again so you don't lose a part of your soul again yeah 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 and that's that's the irony right is that you can you know and this is actually why we prefer to teach people how to do their own soul recovery as opposed to offer it as a service because it's like teach someone to fish as a you know you give a person a fish you feed them for a day you teach them to fish they're fed for life because often what happens is that someone goes to a shamanic practitioner for a uh for a soul recovery and that piece of spirit that piece of consciousness comes back as a result of the ceremony but then if you haven't changed the lifestyle factors that left that piece of consciousness and let it to leave, uh, it, you know, it's going to be there for a week and it's going to be like, okay, your lifestyle is still toxic. I'm gone. Bye. You know? So yeah. there is that, you know, you, yeah. you can, you call back that piece of yourself, but then it also requires those long-term lifestyle changes. Okay. And, you know, so it's, it's really part of a, a new lifestyle as opposed yeah. to just a healing. Okay. So it sounds like there's some ritual and technique involved in shamanism. And so did someone show you these techniques and this ritual? Like, did you have mentors to show you the way to do this? Or was it something intuitively found? What we do very much comes from the core shamanism that was uh, pioneered by a guy named uh, Michael Harner back in the 70s. And this is, you know, he was an anthropologist who went around and basically uh, well, the, it's in the name, it's this kind of core shaman, shamanic idea. A transcultural shamanism that he called to. And, and ultimately, um, what we do and what we encourage others to do is um, basically shamanism is something that keeps 
cropping up throughout the world, right? You look throughout human history and you look uh, throughout all these different cultural contexts and, and shamanism is something that keeps cropping up, right? It's there at the roots, at the dawn of any civilization, right? Before you get things like organized religion, because it's this, uh, it's really based on the central part of shamanism is trance, right? Entering that mm. non-ordinary state of consciousness. And the thing is, when you enter that trance, you are able to connect with uh, this extended consciousness realm, right? You're able to connect with, um, with parts of reality that are ordinarily hidden from you, right? This is very much what um, Aldous Huxley was talking about in The Doors of Perception, when he was saying that even hallucinogens, what they do is that the brain is actually usually acting, acting as a, a filtering mechanism. So there's all this data coming in, right? There's so much data that, uh, uh, perceptual data that you would never really be able to, to filter through. And so what your brain does is it filters out like 99.99% of this and only gives you a very minimalist view of what's out there, right, of your focus. And so when you enter into trance, you're able to basically turn that part of that, that filtering mechanism of the brain off and you're able to have access to that part of reality. So this, of course, is something that happens in many ways, right? It happens... Um, with hallucinogens, obviously, but also it happens when you are, you know, shamans have found many ways to access this kind of trance. Um, for instance, um, you know, starvation, uh, dancing to the point of exhaustion, but then the, the, you know, the, the healthiest way, obviously, is the use of drums, right? When you listen to a drum beat at about 210 beats per minute, it entrains the brain and enters you into this trance state. And so this is why this shamanism keeps cropping up because people throughout the world have access to this this trance state um and they see the spirits when they're in it right they they have this contact and so this is why shamanism is very much like water right it keeps getting poured it's the same essence but it keeps getting poured into all these different types of glasses and mugs right all these different cultures mm -hmm. and and so ultimately what we teach really is working with that core trance technique and uh, kind of staying away from any particular cultural practices, because otherwise you get really into like real problems of cultural appropriation, which definitely yeah, are out. Yes. Right? So that's the thing is that we learn we learn the shamanic journeying, the core of it, just you know going into the trance and uh, reaching the the spirit world and then connect with them and from there the rest we develop techniques from our own experience uh different type of guides you can connect with and different techniques that help us to find back our power and or and us heal ourselves with our soul lost and us connect with our ancestors and so it's very like from ex experience based mm -hmm. um teaching and and also encouraging other people to go off their own experience that's probably one of the biggest that's the thing we do we have, that, yeah sorry well it's it's kind of like i like to think of it as like locked room shamanism by which i mean if you were alone locked in a room with no access to the outside world and you only were given this technique of trance journeying right? Entering into, into a trance, sending your consciousness off to the spirit world. How would you then progress? And really, you know, as the one pointer 
to start off that journey is to basically meet with your guardian spirit, right? This is a, this is a being who is very much a guide in life. And uh, it's found cross-culturally, you know, with, even within uh, Judeo-Christianity, it's the idea of the guardian angel um, within uh, many shamanic traditions. It's the totem animal, it's the spirit animal, all this. And so if you're in a locked room, you know, enter into trance, the first journey you're gonna have is meeting with this guide, this protective yeah. spirit. And now you're set because now you can just keep going to that guide. You can keep talking with them, working with them, and they will guide you along the path. They will help you find the healing you need. They will help you find the empowerment that you need. They will help you find the, uh, the contacts for, yeah. uh, for uh, guidance and for learning. So it's all this, like this phone tree that starts with your guardian spirit. And uh, yeah, that's really, and so when you walk that path, you really just need that one starting point. And then with shamanism, you could start an entire lifetime of practice yeah. without you know, talking to anyone. But the, the, like, the good part is that you can go it alone. What I appreciate by you know, sharing or exploring other practice from other people is that it gives you um, some kind of map or idea of what type of question you can ask or what type of, ang what type of journey you can do. Uh, and you can, it's kind of a starting ground you know, like um, if you are an artist and you you want to learn to paint, you kind of have the basics and then you're like, okay, from there I can, you know, explore this technique or this or, and then kind of do your own uh, practice from what you gather from other artists and other teachers. So pretty much the same with, with shamanism is it is a skill. It is something to practice, to cultivate and to grow with, uh, with who you are. It really is about having the right questions. Yeah. You know, you, even in this locked room metaphor, right? Okay. You're learning through shamanism just by working with the spirits. Right. And uh, the problem is your, your growth is going to be determined by the questions you ask. Yeah. So if you ask good questions, and mm -hmm. if you, you know, then you can, you can get places because yeah. they're not going to suggest the questions, but they will give answers. The reason is because they really, really uh, respect your free will. So mm -hmm. they will not, if you ask a question, it will be like, here's the answer of this or that. And then no, no, if you don't ask the question, they will wait until you ask it. They will. And so um, sometimes they're like, oh, yes, finally, she asked the question. <laughs> it was about time. Like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so sometimes, you know, this in life, you like, they try to send you messages and takes it. You just don't get it until you're like, ah, yeah, great. You asked the question. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an example of a good question versus a not so good question? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, um, okay, for example, yes, no question I would avoid uh, always. Um, but, you know, like just this, there's just this general question of like, oh, should I go out with this guy or no, right? And then let's say your guy's like, yes, yes, go out. And then you go out and finally, let's say, cheat on you. And like, after like a year long relationship, you fall head over heels in love with this guy. He cheats on you. You're completely heartbroken. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you're like, you go back to your spirit. You say, Hey, you told me like it was a good idea. So yes, you, you learn. 
you learn from you cheating yeah and you don't ask you're, why so it's you're stronger more, now right yeah and, and this is why if you ever ask for advice from the spirits always always ask why right so should i should i date this guy okay why do you feel i should date him or right? you can also ask question like why would be the outcome of this relationship uh or what would it feel like or or will i you know things things like that you can ask multiple questions you, you can do infinite amount of journey about about and, <laughs> and, and there's definitely different personalities too you know yeah. you work with some spirits and you'll get different answers right so yeah. if you ask that question of of whale spirit let's say who's like a very loving right and, and uh she might say oh yeah, no no don't you'll you'll have your heart broken and all this right but you go to uh to tiger spirit let's yeah. say is like yeah do it you'll become strong and fierce you know? <laughs> yeah and, that's the thing it, it won't they won't have the same so it's good to ask the same question to different spirits. It's good to, so you have different point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also ask, okay, what spirit is the be- best suited for me right now for my situation? And it will appear to you. And that's the thing is that you have spirits helpers. They come and go in your life. You know, they can be there to help you with certain issues in your life and then just go away. And that's the difference with what the one we call the guardian spirit, which is there forever. You know, is there for all your life to be by your side and it won't go and protect you when you do shamanic journeying and in life in general. But yes, and then you have other spirit helpers, animal spirit or other people depending on their culture and belief they will work mm-hmm. with uh it can be angels deities uh other like other type of spirits um of their culture and they will receive guidance from them but they won't necessarily stay all the time they can be there for a month they can be there for five years depending on what you're working on and an example of a, a poor question or a question that doesn't really get at the heart and can't elicit an answer. Um, we actually do a lot of channeling work as well. Laova is a very, very open channel. <laughs> and so um, something that, of course, you know, interests most people is where did the universe come from? Why is there something rather than nothing? How did everything begin? And really, I realized over time that our questions very much come from our primate brain, right? They are they are informed by our experience of this of this particular reality and so something i realized along the way was whenever i'd ask in channeling you know where did the universe come from why is there something rather than nothing it it's a question the the very question assumes certain things right Mm -hmm. assumes that there's even this idea of nothing and something and so finally you know after asking that so many times and getting nowhere uh, i got the hint where it's like look, you know, maybe beginnings have some relationship to your sense of reality, but you're assuming that the metaphysics of reality, the larger reality, actually has beginnings and endings, right? So it's like, I still didn't get an answer, but it's yeah. like, look, your monkey brain can't even comprehend the, the what's going on. And you can't, because of that, you can't even fathom the question that would actually lead to the answer right it's it's literally mm-hmm. like in a hitchhiker's guide to reality or <laughs> guide to the universe right where they they build this giant computer to give them the ultimate answer 
right? And I think it ends up being like they wait for 70 years for it to do all the calculations, everything, this giant computer. And it says something like, it says 42 or something like that is the yeah. answer to everything. <laughs> and then they had to build another computer to figure out what the question was <laughs> that went along with the answer, right? Because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of this garbage in, garbage out thing. So yeah, you definitely have to have good questions. And ultimately some things are just outside of our, of our monkey consciousness to even consider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think in some ways, um, words fail too, whenever we're speaking of different realms. Um, and so it's something that needs to be felt. Yes, absolutely. And so but you can ask, you know, do you have a message for me today? Uh, any healing, you know, and then it's really intuitive and you don't know what you will receive, but, but you receive just the right thing. And that's one thing I always tell my student is that just trust that you will receive exactly what you need today, you know, from the spirits, they, they will give you exactly what you need. And that, that never fell me so far. It's, you know, it's really, you, usually it's unexpected. And it's like, okay, but it's like, you're right. Ultimately, I understand and it, it was needed. Not necessarily what you want, right. but what you need. <laughs> it's yes. another thing you realize walking this path is that you're not meaningless, that the, the spirits do care about you, right? Oh, this yeah. is something that a lot of practitioners um, have trouble with at the beginning because it's like, well, okay, I'm talking to like these cosmic beings and you know the the archetypal spirits behind entire species of animals you know like whale spirit and fox spirit uh, and talk to all these these huge intelligences and, and consciousnesses why do they care about me right why would they even want to interact with me answer my questions help me and you know it's you start to realize well actually you know we're consciousness taking part in a really interesting game here you know this this game of life and there these are kind of bystanders uh, bystanders and uh uh well audience <laughs> that are are watching and cheering us on and, and helping as we go uh because we're very much in this kind of this school or this game of reality and they do care you know they do care um so that's uh, another thing you realize with shamanism is that there is an entire spiritual family out there that very much cares about you but, and, also, but cares about your free will as well they're not yeah. going to get involved if they see you having a bad day and you don't invite them in yes and also they care about our kind because we're not uh outside their kind you know we all live on the same planet so um we kind of are like brother and sisters like even though we tend to see ourselves separate from nature with the life that we have but we're really part of it so connecting with the plant with the trees with the animals it's just bringing you back instead of the pyramid that we used to have with the human at the top no you're in the circle okay and we all work together to make life better for human yes but also the rest of nature yeah, yeah. You, you get the sense with like when you talk to plant spirits and this type of thing it's like hey look get out into nature, right? You're part of our family. We like yeah. it when you're there, right? Now, of course, one of the most depressing conversations you can have is, is anything with the nature spirit uh, because of what yeah. humanity has done to this earth. Um, it can be a very upsetting conversation because they will beg for your help to help make things right. And you can just feel mm -hmm. the, the trauma inflicted 
by humanity on the local but consciousness of the land. Really. This is more like, and these conversations, they're not necessarily coming from the great spirit. I just want to say they're more from the actual spirit around the land. I don't know if it makes sense uh, to say it like that, but to say, there's like these, there's the, um, in shamanism, you have like the other side of the veil, which is the middle world. And it's kind of just you're crossing the veil and it's like the, the spirits that are living on the land beside you, kind of the, your veil neighbor, if you want. They're just on the other side and they're living uh, alongside you on the spirit world. But then you have the, the complete, it's as if there's another veil to cross and then you're completely in, the, in a space of the, where there's no time or space, actually, a, a world where it's completely spirit, it's ethereal. And this is where like the great spirits are leaving, they living mm -hmm. there, uh, like the, the whale spirit, let's say, would live there. But then you could have uh, the spirit of a whale living in the just in the liminal, you know, in the middle world mm -hmm. uh, on the other side. Same with human. You know, we have these, um, what we call unhealed ancestors, the ghosts, they live just on the other side of the veil alongside us, but then you have another veil to cross, and then you can find the benevolent ancestors, the one that live in the ancestral realm, the one that have, you know, work on their issues, that they are healed, and they can truly help you in a compassionate, loving ways without an agenda, without trying to, you know, resolve things that don't belong to you. They are there for you, not for themselves, like the ghosts that live just on the other side of the veil. Yeah. There's really an entire taxonomy out there. <laughs> yeah. Quite, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it sounds like it. Have either of you been able to channel or, or have received any messages on what is happening with the collective in general? It's, it's a good question. Um, one of the things that you get when you channel Mother Earth is the sense that, you know, when we're talking about this taxonomy, right? And so you're talking about, let's say, individual nature spirits that that live in nature, right? Uh, they have a very particular point of view that um, is very upset about what humanity is doing to the earth. And obviously it's having effects on what they are doing in particular areas. But then when you when you talk to mother earth, you get this, this really this, this 30,000 foot view where you're seeing this whole picture and and you're seeing that this you know this consciousness of the earth sees us as all her children right that even every human is in essence a um a hair growing on the body of earth we are in essence individual cells within the earth right in the same way that you have individual liver cells, heart cells, skin cells, and all this, that technically are alive, right? Mm -hmm. They have their own life, right. um, but ultimately, collectively, they make up you. In the same way, you know, this earth spirit, it very much contains all of us. And so when you talk to that particular spirit, um, you, you get the sense that, you know, we're all her children, we're all part of her. At the same time, absolutely, she would like us to get along with our with our siblings better right with 
fox spirits and with whale spirits and you know which you like us you get the sense that if we completely messed it up and we ended up destroying everything we're the only things left she'd still love us she might be very disappointed in her one child for for destroying everything else but she would be you know she still loves us um and and so the message that you get there very much is it would be very nice if humanity would become a good older sibling to other species, right? That we have crossed this threshold where we have the technology, we have these abilities to do unbelievable things, right? I mean, with, with things like CRISPR gene editing, we can purposefully edit, well, genes, right? We can, we can create designer <laughs> organisms and such. We have crossed this threshold, threshold where we can now do absolutely incredible things. And so the idea is, look, take this technology, take this science, take everything you've done, stop being egotistical with it. Yeah. And instead, mm-hmm. focus on helping other beings become this good older brother that helps your younger siblings that don't have access to these abilities. And uh, ultimately, you know, I deeply feel that uh, we have, that change is coming. I think that the younger generation is, is really opening up to these ideas of stewardship and really looking after the earth. Uh, you can see it in the rise of uh, organics. You can see it in the rise of, you know, thinking about sustainability. I think in a hundred years, the, uh, this is going to be a world where, well, in fact, you know, our channeling efforts have told us that, you know, future generations, your, uh, the generations that come from you, your progeny are going to find original ways to deal with these issues that you right now cannot even imagine, right? Imagine talking to someone 100 years ago about cell phones. They can't even understand cognitively what's going on there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we get from from certain spirits is that 100 years from now, they will have found ways to help with these things that, with these issues that is completely outside of our realm of understanding right now. So that gives me a great deal of hope. Another way, in fact, this same channeling session gave us this analogy, which is that, you know, we're like a kid with a new toy, science and technology, right? It's a new toy that we've really only had for a few hundred years. And so we're still this kid who has this new toy and he's still banging it around. He's still, you know, he's still a child with it. But the thing is that eventually we'll mature. And we'll be able to use what we are using as this toy for ed- entertainment purposes. We'll be able to use it for a lot better things. And so I, I have a lot of hope. And and ultimately, I think uh, you know you definitely get the message that humanity is on this collective evolution. We are figuring our things out slowly. You know, just mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we do it before we have much more significant species lost than we already have. But, uh, you know, at the same time, along this path of growth, we're still loved by Mother Earth and a lot of other intelligences, even if a lot of um, other spirits that we live alongside are becoming rather desperate and upset at the same time. Hope that (laughs) makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So if people would like to work with you at your Spirit World Center, how can they work with you? Absolutely. Well, we have the the website, spiritworldcenter.com, 
And there you can check out our various programs. Of course, we have the uh, Shamanic Apprenticeship Program that's 18 yeah. months long. And uh, we also have, well, actually we'll soon to have the, the many six months, the first six months of that available all online. And that it's uh, one thing that we like to do with our courses is definitely have this one-on-one apprenticeship uh, type uh, where you basically meet with us once a month. It is very useful to actually have that one-on-one guidance from someone who has been there before, has done it, and can give you insight, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, that's uh, that's probably the, the easiest way. Of course, we are on YouTube. We have the podcast where we talk about these things all the time. Uh, we have the Instagram account where we, we publish all that we're up to. And uh, let's see, do we have a Twitter account? Yeah, I think we do. I just never use it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can add all of these links into the show notes too so people can click on them very easily yeah 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 and you know we're very uh uh friendly people about this kind of stuff so we also do a bit of paranormal consulting and all that too so if any people have questions about things that might be going on if they're undergoing a spiritual awakening and they have questions that type of thing you know message us on instagram or find our email on our website we're very approachable and open about this kind of stuff yeah that's that's the thing that um our courses are you know every week you receive something you receive kind of course material to do that takes about an hour of your time you know to read and to do a shamanic journey and then we meet once or twice a month depending what you choose and this is really to help you to um you know like if there's any blockages on your spiritual path like the can, are you able to get in good trance or uh, is there anything that is in the way of your spiritual path so we kind of look at your you know your fear or if there's any kind of um, perfectionism or um, uh, I just have the word in French right now that's um, when you want something when you have expectation Ah, so mm. see so all the expectation perfectionism fear, perfectionism anything that can be in the way of your practice um, um we're here to talk about it and to make it easier for you to continue um, the journey and the mm. work what a beautiful gift you're giving people thank you thank, thank you. you so much for joining me so i have one last question that i like to ask to wrap up the conversation And that question is, if your inner voice had a billboard, what would it say to the world? Trust in the spirits. The spirits trust in those who trust in them. It's how we sign our emails too. But (laughs) it's, you know, it's very much opening up trust, not just in the spirits, but in in the universe itself. You know, it's, it's unfolding in the way that it needs to unfold. And if you learn to trust in that, you're not gonna get in your own way and you can accomplish many things you can heal in many ways and you can really find meaning in your life just trust trust in the universe trust in the spirits trust that it's working out as it should yes and i would also add see with your heart you Mm. know and try to think with your heart this is how you get to your intuition so yeah that would be it yeah
Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you're listening and you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and rating this podcast as it really helps get this podcast out to other people who might be interested in hearing it but don't know about it yet. And also, if you'd like to contact me or reach me, you can reach me at unconditioningpodcast at gmail.com or unconditioningpodcast on Instagram. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay tuned in to you.